the internet, as, as much as I've, I've talked bad about the internet a little bit the last couple of weeks, the internet's not all bad. The internet has some good aspects to it. And, and, and social media definitely has some good aspects to it. The, the fact that I can keep in touch with my mom and dad in Yuma, Arizona, you know, a thousand miles away. I can keep in touch with my sister and her family in Vegas, my brother and his family in Alabama, and my brother-in-law and sister-in-law in Alabama, my brother in Louisiana, and my, uh, <clears throat> my in-laws, which Sandra keeps in touch with in Alabama. The fact that we can keep connected, though, no matter where people are at, the, the fact that I can talk to Valeri, one of our uh, missionaries in Ukraine, you know, on a daily basis if I wanted to. This is miraculous. Um, I've FaceTimed with the teacher that we're going to be working, or the, the vice principal that we'll be working with in Ukraine. That's phenomenal. Those kinds of things haven't happened in, in a long, haven't been able to happen in a long time. And so th- there's some true, truly great things that happen and that come out of this. However, I want to caution us. Because when our friendship is conducted online and through text and through social media only, there's some certain aspects of relationship that get lost. Certain aspects of friendship that that get left behind. Certain aspects of, of relationship that we need and it's not there. Certain things happen whenever we get to talk to people online. There's a certain bit of anonymity that goes along with it. There's a certain bit of, I don't have to be completely honest. I don't have to be completely myself because this person will never meet me face to face. You aren't hearing and seeing the effect that your words have on the other person either because the conversation isn't happening in real time. Each party can take more time to consider a response. Last week we talked about taking some time to respond. And this week we're talking about maybe taking too much time to respond. As our society moves forward and and we can handle conversations where we can softball them and we can manipulate them because we can control how a conversation flows through email and through text and through social media, we run into some problems. One of them is we don't like to make phone calls. Because phone calls require instant talking back and forth. We don't like to go out and meet people face-to-face. We don't like to live in community because I have to answer your questions now or feel embarrassed. As nice as it may be to have online relationships and be able to talk to people half a world away that we don't normally get to, it can never completely substitute our need for physical community. It, It can be easy to assume that we all need online community, since so much of our lives revolve around phones and computers and the online internet-based activities. But having a community of believers that we can worship with and we can share physical moments with is an important part of our spiritual and emotional health as well. And it is part of the missional aspect of who Christ is. In Hebrews chapter 10, The author shares the idea that we stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Good deeds are typically done in person in intangible ways. Yeah, you could probably do some good deeds over the internet, 
But most good deeds that we do are tangible and physical, like homeless shelters, working at the homeless shelter, or babysitting someone's kids, helping a friend with their homework or their housework, or even paying for the coffee for the person behind you in line at Starbucks. This is not to say that you can't do good online. Using things like GoFundMe and, and donations, those are good things. Those are good things that happen through the internet. However, being with people and serving should be the priority. If you brought your Bibles today, let's go ahead and open them up to <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 10. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is almost gone, I promise you. I spent Thursday, Friday, and Saturday not talking. It was hard, very hard. Lots of reflection, but uh, it is healing. So open up to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24, it says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and to good works. I, I like that language. Do you? I like the idea that we can stir each other up. What does that mean? To stir each other up. We can stir each other up into good deeds and good language. We can encourage each other. The things that I say to you and things that you say to me, we can cause each other to act like Christ. I think that's huge. That's so important. It sounds like encouraging each other and building up each other and helping build the kingdom. That is good stuff. The author of Hebrews goes on to say that we shouldn't forsake our assembly together, but should continue to encourage one another. Continue to encourage one another. Let's look at verse 25. Verse 25 of Hebrews 10 says, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another in all the more as you see the day drawing near. That is so important. Matthew Henry writes a commentary on the Bible. This is what he has to say in his commentary re referencing this particular scripture. Even in those times, there were some who forsook, forsook the assemblies. The communion of the saints is a great help and privilege and a good means of steadiness and perseverance to exhort one another, to watch over one another, to be jealous of ourselves and one another with a godly jealousy. This would be the best friendship. See, friendship and relationship is built when we act as community, when we come together. Sometimes verbal encouragement isn't enough. Just telling somebody on Facebook or through a text, hey, I hope you get better or I hope you're doing good, isn't enough. When we're nervous about a dance recital, perhaps, well, and it's a church of Christ, that doesn't work. Perhaps we're nervous about a sporting event or a game or something we have coming up. Perhaps you're nervous about a wedding. Perhaps you're nervous about a pregnancy. Perhaps you're nervous about being a pirate. Is that what you want me to say, Tammy? Perhaps you're nervous about a surgery or a medical procedure, a simple hug, a simple prayer. Being there can be so much, so much. When we distance ourselves from community, it can take a toll on our spiritual lives. Proverbs 18.1 says that people who isolate themselves seek their own desires and quarrel against all sound wisdom. They quarrel against 
all sound good to him. The need for community serves as a boundary for us so that we don't become tempted to seek out our own desires. Face it, we are selfish creatures, right? We know that. Community is part of how we show ourselves to be... Sorry. The S's are getting difficult. So (laughs) it's difficult to show on social media our selfless desires. But in person, it means so much more. When it comes to social media, our online relationships are great and necessary, but they can never replace the importance of physical community, especially of believers. In order to truly be known, we need relationships in real time, in real space. The only way we can pursue a relationship that is truly authentic is by taking risk. By taking risk and letting people see the unfiltered versions of who we really are. Letting people come into our lives and see the messiness that we live in. It's uncomfortable. But how do we do that? How do we allow people into our lives and let them see the messiness? Let them see the unfiltered lives that we live. I think it starts with welcoming them. The first thing we have to do is we have to welcome them. We have to welcome believers and non-believers. We have to welcome them into our real lives so that they understand who we are, so they see us for who we are, the unfiltered, the messy lives that we live. In some cases, we even let them expose and challenge us on some of those more messy things. Then we take time with people. We take time to restore us, to restore them, and to restore that relationship between us and them with love that manifests itself in tears, hugs, and words of encouragement, and then ultimately follow up, right? If someone rebukes me online, I might become passive-aggressive. Not usually, but maybe. Or maybe I provide a polished response a day later. It doesn't really reveal my heart, but it protects my online identity or my online image. Or perhaps I just cut them off entirely. I just unfriend them. Quit communicating with them. I can do all of that with little to no consequence. When the going gets tough with our online friendships, it's easy to simply just walk away at the click of a button. It's not that easy to just walk away from a friend when they're standing in front of you face to face. It's not that easy to walk away from a church family who loves you and cares about you and follows up and tries to find out what's going on. What happens when we just isolate ourselves from the rest of the world? We didn't need their help anyways, right? That's the attitude we begin to take. It becomes a self-righteous attitude. I can do this without them. We just cut everyone and everything off. We don't even need social media to do that. Think about the movie Home Alone. Remember the movie Home Alone? That came out a long time ago. Macaulay Culkin played the little boy, Kevin. And his wish is that nobody in his family will be there the next day. And 
under some strange circumstances, lack of parenting, if you ask me, <clears throat> his parents leave him at home. And he's at home by himself. And he thinks his wish has been fulfilled. And he starts living life as, as a single kid, you know, if that is such a thing. But towards the end of that movie, when he goes to the church and he meets the neighbor, and he's talking to the neighbor, he has a realization when he's talking to the neighbor about no matter what, he would like to talk to his dad one more time. So he tells his neighbor, why don't you just call your son? Because I know I'd love to talk to my dad one more time. His character, Kevin, has a realization right there. A moment where he realizes being alone really isn't what he's designed to do. Hollywood has all sorts of movies that talk about this, right? Another great holiday one is The Grinch. The Grinch movie, right? He has a realization when he's sitting in his lounge chair eating the bottle. There's a realization that it's just him and his dog. He realizes when the people of Whoville, after he's stolen all their presents, after he's stolen their roast beast, he realizes when they're out there singing, they still have something. They have community, something he didn't have, right? We are not designed to live life alone. And I don't believe that we're designed to live in social media alone. We're meant to have face-to-face -face relationships we're meant to have face-to-face -face conversations. We're meant to live in community with each other. Now, our numbers are down today, probably because of the snow. That's okay. It's okay, I get it. But we still need to look around and see who's not in the seat next to you. Call them. I know that's hard. Call them this week. Maybe... Drop by their house. Maybe plan a visit to go say hi and just see how they're doing. Because that communal response is so important to what we do as Christians. Living in community is so important that Jesus teaches this over and over and over. It's one of the most important aspects of our Christianity. As we wrap up this morning's service, let us take to heart the value that each of us has when we are here, when we are present, when we show up to a baby shower, when we show up to a birthday, when we show up to a funeral, when we show up to a friend's house, just because. Community is what God built for us. It was his desire to have community with us. Community is what Jesus desires we do. And it's what the Holy Spirit gives us guidance to do. Building the kingdom of God starts with real, lasting community. Will you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for so much. We thank you for the internet, and we thank you for social media. Lord, we just ask that you, you put your Holy Spirit into our hearts, that we understand better how to use those things and use those tools safely for your glory and not for our own selfish desires. We ask that you bring it to us, that we might be able to help those around us, and that we might be able to have real community, not just with each other, but with those outside of the four walls. Lord, as we go through this week, help us to have the courage to reach out to those who aren't here, those that we know aren't here, those that are believers and friends with us, but also help us to reach out to those 
who aren't here and we know should be. Those that maybe aren't part of this community but need to be. Help us to share your message and grow your kingdom for your desires and for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.